0: if it had not been for jesus if it had not been for jesus i wouldn't even be here hallelujah has anybody got a testimony if it wasn't for the death the burial and the resurrection there wouldn't be a church here there wouldn't be saints here but thank god for the blood the blood that took me from death into life out of darkness into his light. Somebody give God a great praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I think we ought to give God great praise. Hallelujah. Somebody give Him praise. Somebody give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God for the blood. Amen. I thank God for The fact that he has loved us and that God Almighty did not send somebody else. Hallelujah. God Almighty didn't say, well, man messed up, so man's going to have to figure it out. You know, that's a lot of religions out there. You messed up, so you need to make it right. It's going to be your responsibility to, quote, unquote, be a good person. And then you get to define what good is and then just cross your fingers and hope you're good enough. But I thank God for the Bible because it tells us this simple fact that Jesus Christ came. God became a man. Great is the mystery of godliness for God, not a piece of God, not a part of God, not a third of God. God was manifested in the flesh. And the whole reason, the whole reason God was manifested in the flesh was that he might take away the sins of the world. God didn't send somebody else to take care of your problems. He came himself. Oh, I thank God for that. This is why Paul wrote, and he said that the preaching of the cross to those that perish. You know, we sang about the blood. We sang about the cross. You know how many people think that's funny, that that's goofy? In fact, the Bible says that they think it's foolishness. But the Bible says that it for those of us that have believed, amen, it is hope, it is life, it is, it is the greatest joy, the greatest glory, amen. I'm thankful to be saved here today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning over to the book of Exodus chapter 12, and then we're going to be turning over to the book of Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26. Amen, I thank you to the music team. We like to take some time. And sing some of the old gospel songs, Amen. Now, listen, we we our music team always does a great job, and and uh, you know we we like to stay current, Amen. But I want to tell you, the blood is always going to be current, the cross is always going to be relevant, Amen. This is the kind of kind of stuff that elders got, and they sang and they worship God. And uh, one thing I appreciate a lot more about some of the older songs than I do some of the newer ones, there's a lot more theology. Yeah. And I, I think we need some apostolic songwriters to rise up and start writing some theology yeah. into the songs. Amen. In fact, that the reason that, that we have hymns, hymns goes back even further than the songbook. But One of the reasons that we have hymns is because what they would do is not everybody had a Bible, so they would sing theology. Amen. Until it got... Into their bones. Now we're all blessed to have a Bible. Some people got a Bible on their nightstand. Some people got a Bible, uh, five different versions on their phone. Some got a Bible collecting dust. Amen. We got more Bible than we know what to do with. And if we're not careful, we'll lose a lot of our theology because we don't open that book. Amen. So we ought to sing about it. We ought to preach about it. We ought to read it. Amen. It ought to be every part of our life. Amen book of exodus chapter 12 and i'm going to preach this is our easter week and i have no idea what brother puller is going to preach i hope i don't step on whatever god's laid on his heart amen but i do want to take this this is what they call holy week this is the week leading up to the crucifixion of jesus and sunday culminating with the resurrection of jesus amen and so I want, to, I want to take today, and today is actually Passover, which to the Jews means a whole lot. And uh, I think it ought to mean a whole lot to the church as well. Amen. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. We're going to read several portions of Scripture, and I'm just going to talk to us for a few moments here tonight. Uh, just see, see what the Lord will help us to do. Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Everybody say, Happy New Year. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall you make your count for the lamb. And and your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it unto the 14th day of the same month. And they lived with the lamb. And the whole assembly... Of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the even. I want you to really read this as it's stated. Sometimes we like to Sunday schoolify the Bible. Amen. All we talk about is Noah and the animals that got on the ark. We don't talk about everybody that missed it, and we like to paint uh, this moment and talk about the doorpost. But I want to tell you before you get to the doorpost, you got to kill the lamb. There's got to be a sacrifice. And there's got to be blood, which is not a pretty thing. And they shall take the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and upon the upper post of the house, wherein they shall eat. And they shall eat the flesh that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and the pertinence thereof. This is very detailed for what would seemingly be such a graphic barbaric thing and yet this is holy you shall not let anything of it remain until the morning and that which remaineth unto into the morning you shall burn it with fire and thus shall you eat it and you with your loins girded and your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand because this is not the end you're not supposed to stay there You're supposed to eat the Passover and be ready to go. And you shall eat it with haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborns of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. He said, when I see the blood, or another way to put it is if I see the blood. If I see the blood, I'll pass over you and you will not be destroyed. Book of Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26. Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his disciples in an upper room that later will become the upper room for the day of Pentecost. And these are the words that he speaks to them. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus said, time's starting over. Old Testament, time's starting over. And in the New Testament, when the New Testament starts, he said, time is starting over. Amen. And I want to simply talk to us for this short little time. I want to just talk about this. Jesus is our Passover. Jesus is our Passover would you set down your Bibles and let's pray oh come on let's pray all across this building we love you Jesus we thank you Lord thank you for your word thank you for your sacrifice thank you for your blood hallelujah I'm grateful for it I'm grateful for it we would not be here today we would have been destroyed but thank you Jesus Thank you for your blood, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your grace. Pray God that you help me to teach this here tonight and to present this in the best way possible in Jesus name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. you may be seated. Jesus is our Passover. As we read here today, we read the passage of Scripture of the very first Passover. Passover is the New Year's Day for the Jewish nation. It is the most important day on the Jewish calendar. Because it was on this day, on this this time of Passover, that Israel got free from the four hundred and thirty years of slavery and of bondage. Generational bondage and cursing was removed from them on this Passover night. God told them that it will be on this night of Passover that I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. God regarded Israel as his firstborn, as his favored people. And if Egypt refused to let God's firstborn go, then God was going to require the firstborn of Egypt as a penalty and as a judgment. God was looking to save the firstborn. Now here's the beautiful thing about this scripture, is that anybody in the land of Egypt could obey the rules of Passover, whether they were an Israelite or whether or not they were an Egyptian. And when they obeyed the rules of Passover, they themselves got saved as well. They were saved from all forms of judgment. But God was looking to redeem His firstborn. He was looking to save His firstborn. And Egypt was holding them back. There were some rules for the Passover that had to be taken into consideration. The Bible says, know that that they were to share the passover one one in order to have this passover had to make a distinction now i've mentioned that preface that any egyptian could take the passover but the bible declares that no foreigner is to take this passover which means they had to become part of the people of god they were not allowed to just continue being an egyptian get spared from judgment and stay an Egyptian. They had to, there had to be a line of demarcation that they made it up in their minds. We are going to leave our old life behind, and we are going to join the people of God. I want to tell you that you and I cannot receive this Passover called Jesus and still stay in our sinful ways. We cannot receive this and say, well, I want to go to heaven, but I still want to live here on earth. We cannot make it we cannot make it to heaven and say we want to go to heaven but we want to live like hell We want to live like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, dress like the world. Nothing in our life is going to change. Now, I want to tell you, in order to receive this Passover, the Egyptian had to make it up in their mind after the nine plagues that they'd just been through, that all these other gods, uh, they're not gods. All these other deities are not deities. Uh, They had to leave polytheism behind. They had to leave false religion behind. They had to leave it all behind. They had to join into covenant. It was a moment where people were now joining and they were becoming part of the people of God. I want to tell you, in order for us to be saved, we must be born again. Let it never be said, well, I don't really need to do that. If it's in the Bible, you need to do it. Amen. Well, I I, I just think I'm saved. I want to tell you that you can't think yourself saved. You can't feel yourself saved. You have got to obey yourself saved. You've got to believe yourself. I mean, believe according to the Scriptures, which means, uh, amen, he that believeth on me as the Scriptures has said. That means there's got to be some obedience to the Scripture. And Jesus said, except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, they cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In order to get the enjoyment of the Passover, you had to you had to join in the right circumcision you had to join the people of God second rule of the Passover it had to be eaten in the house Passover was commemorated on a family level each household celebrated it and uh, I preached it here before but if the household had a lamb and that lamb was there was too much lamb left over amen there's a whole key to this Passover thing is that the Passover there was not to be any left leftovers Amen, there's no leftover lamb. You were to take the lamb and you were to invite other families into your home. Amen, can I say it and put a shameless plug for outreach on Saturday that the house, amen, has got a lot of room left in it and the lamb has still got a lot left uh, that we need to be sharing the lamb with everybody I want to tell you, the lamb's big enough for your lost loved ones. The lamb's big enough for your lost neighbor. The lamb's big enough for your boss. The lamb's big enough for the entire city of Carson City. We just got to let them know you got to come into the house. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Hallelujah. Man, you got to bring them into the house. Jesus said, go and compel them that come. That my house might be full, we are we are to bring them into the church. The church is uh, is more than just a building; it's a people. We got to bring them into the people of God. He gave a, uh, a another ruling on this Passover lamb, that not one of its bones was to be broken. This being a prophecy of Jesus Christ, and furthermore, it was a prophecy of the church. Amen. When we think about the Passover. Amen. We've got to be born again. You don't don't come into this kingdom any other way. You've got to be born into it. You can't shake the preacher's hand and be in this kingdom. You've got to be born again into this kingdom. You've got to repent. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, as the Scriptures has said. Amen. We've got to invite them and compel them to come into this house. Amen. But once they get in this house, the Lamb's got to be intact. Amen. This is why we don't pick and choose and cherry pick scriptures and just say, well, I, I want to say this first, but I don't really want to talk about this. We take the whole counsel of God. We take the whole word of God. But furthermore, the Passover is a great time to remind ourselves that we are one. We are a part of one faith. Amen. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father above all, through all, and in you all. We take and we don't take it for granted that we are part of one body. And we, are, we have one hope of our calling. We are not to be disconnected as the body of Christ. We are all members of the body. I need you and you need me. Hallelujah. I thank God for the church. I thank God for the Lamb that it's not disconnected. I know we got troubles once in a while. I know we got problems with ones that once in a while we got problems with one another. But at the end of the day, we are still connected by the blood. We are still connected. Paul said that there might be no schism in the body. Amen. We are all part of that one body. And when we talk about this Passover, Amen. This the last part. All the congregation was to partake of it. We talk about Passover. We always use this, and we talk about communion. And this is all the same categories. When we take communion, you got to be part of the body. You got to be. You got to bring people into the house. You got to make sure that there's no schisms in the body. But also, there's got to be this unity of action. All of Israel was to commemorate the Passover redemption. You couldn't be a part of God's people and not share in the Passover. Everybody that wanted to be a part of the people of God had to be participants in the Passover. Let me just tell you here today that Jesus is not a spectator sport. Passover is not a spectator sport. Church is not a spectator sport. You got to be involved directly in this. It's not the pastor being the professional Christian. It's not the church usher being a professional Christian. But when you talk about Jesus as our Passover, everybody's got to get involved in Jesus. You can't make it to heaven and not get involved in church. And. Not- I feel my help coming up in here. You can't be a part of the Passover and not get involved in the Passover. Somebody's got to get some blood involved. Uh, Somebody's got. There were some rules on how we were to observe the Passover. He said you are to take the blood. You're supposed to slay this animal. It's got to be a perfect sacrifice. You're supposed to. Take it into your home for 14 days because you gotta live with the Lamb. It's not enough just to be have a casual acquaintance. You gotta know Jesus. I didn't come to preach that, but let me just preach it for a moment. It's not enough to just have a casual observation of Jesus through the lens of the church, through the lens of your grandmother, through the lens of your brother or your sister. You gotta bring the lamb into your home. You got to bring the lamb home. You got to bring the lamb into your house. You got to bring the lamb into your family. Amen. I want to tell you church doesn't start at church, church starts at home. Revival doesn't start at church. It doesn't start in the altar. It doesn't start in the prayer room. Revival starts at home when people grab the lamb of Christ and bring it home with them. And they take it and they get an intimate revelation and an intimate knowledge of God. It's not enough just to say, well, I know about Jesus. You got to know Jesus. It's not enough to say, well, I went to church a couple times. No, brothers and sisters, you got to know him because you brought him home. You got to know him. man you got to take this lamb you got to get it get it in your home get intimate with this where you know this lamb on a personal level Amen. and then you slay the lamb think about this this is so barbaric to our modern society and then most of us uh, most most folks in this house probably don't even like going to the meat section of the of the grocery store no they just like going to the fast food where they cook it for you let alone being the butcher It's a bloody process. Anybody that's ever butchered an animal, you know. It's just part of the, you know, we've we've separated ourselves as a people and as a culture from death. But God intended this. It's such a barbaric thing. But it's, that's why the Bible says that the Old Testament is a shadow of good things to come. When you see a shadow, you might be able to make out that there's a couple fingers, but you can't see anything other than that. You can guess. If you saw my shadow, you might be, well, I think it's a human. When you look through the Old Testament, you are seeing a shadow of Jesus. It's it's not pretty. In fact, it looks a little obscure, it looks a little deformed. When you see the Old Testament, you see a lot of weird things going on. You see a lot of a lot of bad things going on. In fact, you look through the Old Testament uh, long enough and you'll start seeing some things that will make you scratch your head. Man, that's cuz you're seeing a shadow we don't throw out your shadow. It's part of who you are. Amen. It's when the, but when the light hits the individual, that's where you get the shadow from. But when you come to the New Testament, you get to see Jesus Christ face to face. And the shadow makes sense. And everything you read about, the lamb being brutally murdered, the lamb being butchered to pieces, uh, it starts to make a lot of sense uh, when you see Jesus Christ, uh, amen, willingly as a willing lamb that takes away the sin of the world, walking and bearing that cross uh, and saying for the joy that's set before me, I'm going to endure this cross uh, so that 22,000 years later there's going to be some people in Carson City have been baptized in my name, washed in my blood, saved. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. So when you see this Old Testament, you see the butchering of an animal. Man, think about that. If I don't butcher this animal, my family is going to die. The firstborn is going to die. There will be death. There will be punishment. There will be judgment unless I obey his word. That shadow is is now seen fully through the scriptures. Amen. If we don't repent, Jesus said, we will all likewise perish. We've got to get right with God. The only way for us to get right with God, though, is we needed a lamb. Hallelujah. The Old Testament, they were to take this lamb. It was to be the best lamb they could find. They got used to it. They fed it. They took care of it. I'm sure they probably even named it. Kids probably had it as a pet. And then it came time where they grabbed their firstborn son. They said, hey, son, we're going to have to sacrifice this. And that firstborn said, hold on, why? I like this lamb. I want to keep this lamb around. They said, if we don't sacrifice it, you die. And if you die, uh, then then, then we've missed out on the whole point of the Passover. And so they took this animal and they butchered it. And the blood, they collected it in basins, and they took this lamb's blood, and they were to apply it upon the doors, the, the lintel, which is the overhang of the door, and on the sides. I want you to see this, pick this image of what's happening here. You've got blood on the top, which drips to the bottom. And then you've got blood on each side. What does that form? That forms a cross. Amen. There's going to be a cross, and in that cross, there's going to be the salvation of those that were destined and doomed to die. That's the shadow. That's the shadow. And they were to apply this. The blood was applied, and that blood dripped down, forming the figure of a cross upon the doorway. That blood upon the doorpost showed uh, that the sacrifice of the Passover lamb, amen, was to be remembered in daily life. Uh, They would see it when they went in and out of the house. It wasn't until the nighttime that they stayed in the home, uh, but they would see that blood and that blood was applied and they remembered uh, it is because of this sacrifice that we are going to live. Uh, And it was not enough just to have the lamb on the outside of the doorpost. I've come to preach to somebody that lamb, the blood had to be applied in the shape of a cross upon their door, but the Bible says they were to eat the lamb as well. That lamb didn't want, amen, I'm sure that lamb didn't want to die. I'm sure that lamb wanted to stay there, uh, amen, wanted to live. Uh, but because if they, they that lamb did not die, uh, that firstborn son would die. And so that lamb was slaughtered and sacrificed, blood applied to the outside of the home. Uh, and then the Bible declares uh, you are to eat and ingest the lamb. The lamb can't just be on outward. It's got to get to the inward as well. That's the shadow. That's the shadow. The Paschal lamb was not killed in order to be looked at only. It was to be eaten. Hallelujah. amen. the shadow, you ingested the lamb. And the Bible says, let none of it remain until morning. It had to be completely eaten. And whatever was not eaten was burned with fire. Hallelujah. That's the shadow. And the Bible declares, when I see the blood, or if I see the blood. Because not everybody took it serious. Not everybody in Israel took it serious. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The angel of death is about to go. And, he's, and this 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 image is happening right now that death is about to pass through the land of Egypt and as death passed through the land it would come to the door and when it came to the door it would look and it would see whether or not there was blood of the lamb applied and if there was no blood applied it would enter the home and the firstborn would die not just of man but of beast as well and every firstborn of Egypt would die but if it came to the home and it saw the blood applied it would decide to take a turn and to go over the home to the next house as long as it saw the blood of the lamb applied as long as that requirement was met amen there was no death that entered into that home let me just talk about this for a moment if an israelite home did not believe in the power of the blood of the lamb They would sacrifice and eat the lamb, but they would still be visited by judgment. Well, we wanted a meal, but we didn't want to apply the blood. They still faced judgment. On the flip side, though, if an Egyptian home that had converted did believe in the power of the blood of the lamb, and they made the proper Passover sacrifice, they would be spared judgment. What does that let me know? It doesn't matter what somebody's pedigree or heritage is. It comes down to their obedience. obedience and faith matters when it comes to salvation it is faith alone grace alone in obedience to that word amen and when you do that then your house will be spared from judgment amen Now we take this. That's the shadow. There is this Passover. There is death passing through the land. And when it comes to the door, it sees the blood in the shape of a cross. And when it sees it, it passes over, goes to the next home. And if that home has been obedient and followed the word of God, that home is spared. If they're not, then that home suffers judgment. Jesus is referred to by John and by several others as the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Paul later tells us and quotes what my title is here tonight. He says that Jesus is our Passover lamb. This title is drawn from the Passover story. Uh, Amen. It is the physical representation of the Old Testament shadow. Uh, They sacrificed that lamb. They put it upon the doorpost. Uh, They ingested the lamb. And when the angel of death came, uh, it would see the blood and it would pass over and spare them. From death. Uh, and as Christians, uh, this is one of the most fundamental beliefs uh, that we have. Uh, we believe that Jesus' death on the cross uh, was the ultimate sacrifice. Hebrews puts it this way, it was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. It was not possible that lamb, all it could do was stop death from entering into the home, but it was not able to remove the sin. But when we talk about Jesus, Hebrews says, when you talk about the shadow, that shadow's not possible. It can't do it. But when you talk about Jesus, when you talk about the Passover lamb called Jesus, it doesn't just stop death from entering your door it removes sin altogether it removes your past it removes your mistakes every failure every fault I come to preach to somebody about a Passover lamb that you got it's called Jesus and if you got Jesus death won't come into your door and death can't enter into your life oh somebody give God some praise It was through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, which we'll celebrate as a people on Friday, that through his blood, he is the Lamb of God. Amen. As intimate as it was for them to butcher the Lamb, I want to tell you, folks, amen, every one of us here today is a firstborn. I'm the lastborn of my parents, but I'm the firstborn. I'll tell you why, because I'm a child of Adam. And in Adam, all men die. But Jesus Christ is called the second Adam. Hallelujah. In Adam, we are the firstborn. We are the flesh. We are carnal. Amen. Nobody is destined for heaven from the moment they exit their mother's womb. Amen. The Bible says I was shaped in iniquity and incended. My mother conceived me. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Everybody, the disposition of man is lost; it's not saved. Your natural disposition is to be lost, not to be saved. But here's the beautiful thing: the Old Testament, they would use the blood of bulls and goats, and they would try their best to push the judgment of God ahead. And this is where we get the word mercy. I thank God for mercy. Amen. Mercy simply means this. Amen. Mercy is the is the is. To not get what we deserve. Amen. Is the withholding of judgment. God is merciful, and this is what the Bible teaches us in the book of Hebrews. And it tells us, it's explaining to us the pieces of the shadow we might have missed. It's saying that every year the high priest would enter, he would butcher an animal, and all it would do is push their sins ahead. Amen. Mercy would withhold the judgment that they deserved, they would not receive that judgment because of the blood. But every year the Bible says there was a remembrance of the sins of the previous year. There are people even here today that your past is always haunting you. It is haunting you even in this moment. I, I, there's some apostolic folk right now. Your past is haunting. You think it's just for, for, for visitors and just for those that haven't been baptized. I want to say there's some folks that if you don't get a revelation of this, your past will keep haunting you. Amen. And you'll you'll just keep trying to push it ahead, push it ahead, push it ahead. And the Bible says there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Uh, the blood of bulls and goats are not able. You can't go back to that old mercy system. But the New Testament No longer the shadow and the type. When you get to Jesus Christ, you get to the very image of the thing. Amen. You get something called grace. Mercy withholds the judgment that I deserve, but grace gives me something I don't deserve. In mercy, uh, in the Old Testament, in the shadow, I use the blood to push my sins ahead and hopefully make it another year. But when I get to the New Testament, uh, when I get to the blood that Jesus shed, uh, all of a sudden he revokes and removes every sin. uh, And all things are passed away. uh, All things are become new. And he gives us grace, brothers and sisters. Uh, He says you don't have to be that way anymore. Uh, In fact, I'll make you a new creation. Make oh, somebody ought to shout and give God some praise. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to praise Jesus, the Passover, huh? the one that doesn't just push your sins ahead but says, I took care of it. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your voice, lift up your hands, and magnify the Lord. Come on. He didn't just push your sins ahead. He's a high priest that removed your sins. He completely eradicated them all together. Somebody lift up your voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood that washed all my sins away. Uh, Thank you for the blood. Uh, Thank you for the blood uh, that didn't just push my sins ahead. Thank you for being a Passover that didn't just stop death. Uh, Amen. Uh, You completely eradicated uh, the sting of death. Uh, Death, where is your sting? Uh, Oh, grave, where is your victory? Amen. When we look at Jesus Christ being our, our Passover lamb, amen, there is a purging when it comes to Jesus, our Passover. In the Old Testament Passover, they removed all the leaven from their home. They got rid of all of the, the yeast, amen, which would cause their bread to rise. Several reasons. Number one, they didn't have time to let their bread rise. They had to, they had to eat with their haste. They had to eat with haste, the Bible says. I mean, in other words, this, this is just a side note. When you're trying to leave sin behind, you don't leave sin behind in lollygack. When you leave your past behind, you don't just drag your feet. The Bible says you ate it with your clothes on and with your shoes on your feet. When God comes to deliver you, don't wait. Don't wait one moment. Don't wait one day. When Jesus comes by in your life, just say, all right, I'm ready. Behold, today is the day of salvation. There's far too many people that are going to be lost because they're waiting until tomorrow to get the Passover lamb in their life. You can't wait until tomorrow. you got to get it now. But Paul talked about Christ being our Passover when he talked about communion and he talked about the church. And he started revealing to them that this Passover, they had to remove all the leaven, had to get rid of all the junk. Amen. Because that lamb didn't die for nothing. That lamb died so that you and I might live. So he teaches the church. He says Christ is our Passover lamb. So you got the blood applied. And you've ingested the lamb. In other words, Old Testament blood applied to the doorposts and the ingesting of the lamb. New Testament, Amen. You have you have applied the blood through repentance, uh, through water baptism, and now you've ingested the lamb. How? By the infilling of the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, the hope of glory. But he said, because Christ is our is our Passover, he said you got to remove all of the leaven. You you can't just ingest the lamb and apply the blood of the lamb. But that lamb didn't die in vain. I've come to just close and preach here. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's not enough to just repent and be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. That gets you entrance into the kingdom. That's what gets us entrance into the door. But but Jesus did not die uh, for us to go back to our old lifestyle. He did not die for us to go back to a leavened lifestyle, to a living in sin lifestyle. But when he died for us, it was so we could walk in righteousness and in truth and in holiness. And so Paul admonishes the church because Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb that we've got to remove all of that leaven. We've got to remove all of the malice. We've got to remove all of the wickedness. we got to remove all of the guile. And we've got to walk in sincerity and in truth. Brothers and sisters, Jesus died. We're going to celebrate it. But you got the Holy Ghost for a reason. Let God use that spirit to to remove all the junk use that passover lamb to remove the pain use that passover lamb to remove the bitterness use that passover lamb to remove all the hatred and all the envy and all the strife use that passover lamb let's stand across the building and clap our hands unto jesus oh come on let's give god some praise Come on. When you get that passover lamb, you got to you got to get your you got to be ready to go and you can't you can't have some leaven in your life because when that when God says go, when God says it's time, you got to get up and go. You can't be trying to remove stuff later on. You got to do it now. This is why passover lasts 14 days. Cuz they were to eat unleavened bread for 7 days, which means it took 7 days to get the leaven out of the home. And then they were to make unleavened bread. Amen. He didn't want any contaminated bread in their life. And Paul tells the church, there should be no contaminated bread in the church. He said, we ought to walk in sincerity and in truth. Why? Because Jesus is our pastor. That lamb bled, suffered, and died so that you and I might live. Hebrews says this, puts it this way. When people, when people start living their old lifestyle, the Bible says they crucify him afresh. Listen, I know we're so far removed, 2,000 years from Jesus' death. I, I get it, and I get we're so far removed from blood sacrifice and bloody, gory stuff like that. But can you imagine Jesus in your home hanging on a cross, And sitting down on the couch and just flipping through the channels. I can't. I don't don't want to see that. And this is what Paul dealt with. He said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Why? Because of our Passover lamb. Surely he'll forgive you, but that doesn't mean that we should continue in sin. Because when we consider Christ, who suffered a contradiction of sinners against himself, when we consider Calvary, when I think about what Jesus endured, I can't help but love him. I can't help but say, God, I want to live right. I can't can't help but say, Lord, help me walk in sincerity and truth and remove all this other leaven and junk from my life. That is the Christian existence in a nutshell. It is receiving the Passover lamb and then going through your life and saying, all right, what doesn't please the Passover lamb? i got to get rid of this stuff. got to get rid of this stuff. Here's the final thing about Jesus being our Passover. The Bible says in the book of Exodus, it starts off saying that the Passover, they had lived for 430 years under an Egyptian calendar the entire year was based on Egyptian holidays worshipping Egyptian deities worshipping Egyptian pharaohs it celebrated Egypt and God said this month when the Passover lamb comes into your life he said this is going to be a new month This is going to be January 1st in our calendars because when that Passover lamb comes into your life, it creates newness of life, which means from now on your life is not dictated by what your past had to say. When you get the lamb, when you get the Passover lamb named Jesus, you don't have to go back and say, well, I remember 1945, I remember 1983, I remember it. And I remember when this happened, I remember when I did this. You don't have to go by that calendar. In fact, he says, throw that calendar out because you got a new calendar. (laughs) Anybody ever, ever heard the phrase B.C.? Before Christ? How about A.D.? That doesn't mean after death, praise God. But you know what it does say, what it does mean to us? He said, when Jesus showed up on the, on the scene, he turned to his disciples. He took bread. He said, we're taking the Passover, and I just want to let you know I am the Passover. And you know that old shadow, that Old Testament, blood of bulls and goats, you know all that old stuff right there? You remember that old calendar? He said, we're going to start a New Testament today. We're going to start a new calendar today. We're going to start a new day in your life when the Lamb of God, when the Passover Lamb named Jesus shows up in your life. All the old things go, and he brings new things. I want to tell you, God is the God of new beginnings. He removes the history of failures and mistakes, and he brings new things in. This is why one of the most ultimate statements of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, our Passover. In the book of Revelations, he puts it this way. Behold, I make all things new. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've done in my past. When the Lamb comes into your life, it starts a new year. When when the Passover Lamb named Jesus shows up in your life, everything before that moment, everything's B.C., Everything's BC. Everything's before Christ. Well, Pastor, I was an alcoholic. That's BC, brother. You're an apostolic now. I was a drug addict. That was before the Passover lamb, by the name of Jesus. That was BC. But now you're full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift up your hands all across this building. I'm done. I'm done preaching. But I just wanted to remind somebody that we have a Passover lamb that doesn't just push your sins ahead. He erases them, and he starts and makes a new day in your life. He makes a new day in your family, which means I don't have to be my old self. I don't have to go according to the patterns of my old life. I'm a new creation in Christ. In fact, I want to open up this altar. Let's come and worship the Lamb. Let's come and worship the Lamb. If there's some things in your life you need to remove, if you have yet to invite Jesus into your life, I'd encourage you to do it today. Bring the Passover into your life. Bring Jesus into your life, and he'll start making all things new. He'll change the old calendar. He'll make it a new calendar. Come on. If you're tired of your past, lift up your hands and say, God, would you wash it all away? If you're tired of your mistakes, would you lift up your hands and say, God, apply the blood through my repentance. Come on, God, wash me. God, deliver me. Come on. You can be set free by the blood of the Lamb. You can be set free by the blood of the Lamb. He'll wash it all away.
1: What can wash away my sins? Come on. There is blood that washes it all away. New creation. By the word of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, everyone overcome. We have overcome.
0: You got to sacrifice. By the blood His name of is the Jesus.
1: And the word of no our devil testimony. can cross that barrier. Blood. Oh the blood the, blood, oh, the blood, the precious blood, oh, the blood, the precious blood, oh, the blood, the precious blood, the blood, it will never lose its power, it will never. The precious blood of the Lamb It will never lose its power It will never lose its power Oh the blood, the precious blood Oh the blood, the precious blood Oh the blood, the precious blood blood. Oh the blood, the precious blood Precious blood.
0: Hallelujah, let's lift up our hands and let's love Jesus. I want to tell you, it's the blood. It's the blood that gives us power to stand here today. It's the blood of Jesus that lets us live guilt-free and shame-free. It lets us live free, be free, think free. It gives us complete liberty. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's magnify him. Let's just take a few more moments. I believe that God is moving in this house. I believe God's touching us today. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Come on. Anybody that's got a testimony of their time before Christ, you ought to thank him that now you have a new life, that you have a new calendar day, you have a new year, that God's washed all things away, made all things new. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this building. Amen. I thank you, Jesus. You know, the blood is, we all have it. Some are scared of it. Some pass out at the sight of it. The Bible says in Leviticus seventeen eleven: the life of the flesh is in the blood. And God gave it to make an aton- atonement for our souls. And God thought way ahead. Amen. The Bible says he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Before you ever made a mistake, there was already a Passover lamb named Jesus waiting for you. Before Adam and Eve ever failed. Some people, they think that their failures catch God off guard. Man, I shocked God with this one. God already had provision for your mistakes before you ever made them. You already had a Passover ready for you. It was prepared from the foundations of the earth. So whenever you made a mistake, all you got to do is apply the Passover. For those that maybe didn't catch it when I was preaching, you know how you apply the Passover? You have to repent. Let me rephrase that. You get to repent. Amen. Repentance is the turn from sin towards God. Amen. It's not 180 degrees like some people say. You might only be 75 degrees off, but you need to turn towards God. Saying, God, I lived my own way. I live my own life. And God, I pray that you forgive me. That's repentance. I'm getting everybody prepped for Sunday. I don't know what he's going to preach. You don't know what it, what it takes to be saved. We're going to get you prepped for it right now. And then you obey him in the scriptures by being baptized. What does that look like? Well, we got water over here. We got robes and we'll get you baptized. We put you all the way under the water. In the name above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says it's for the remission, the washing away of all of your sins. want to be clean? Who doesn't want to have their sins washed away? Who doesn't want a new life? And then there's more. We don't leave you. The Bible says buried with him by baptism. But we don't leave you in that watery grave. We don't drown you. We drown the old you. But when you come up out of that water, the Bible says we raise you to newness of life. That new calendar, amen, you're no longer B.C., you're now A.D., some of us are A.D.D. We raise you up to newness of life, and the Bible says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory, which means what? I didn't just get the the Passover on the outside, I got the Passover on the inside. I applied the blood through repentance and baptism, and then I got the Passover lamb on the inside. If you got a testimony of being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, why don't you give the lamb of God some praise? If the blood washed you, give the lamb some praise. If the lamb fills you with the Holy Ghost, Pray. And when you get that Holy Ghost, the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb on the inside, it doesn't leave you. It becomes part of who you are. Amen. You metabolize it. Praise God. Shadow. Now we got the real thing. And you start walking in your life and you do what Paul said. Dad don't belong here. That don't belong where the Lamb lives. <laughs> you start removing all that stuff, and God, God will bless you, God'll move in your life. I want to tell you it's the greatest, it's the greatest gift ever given to a mortal. <laughs> Jesus, our Passover, the Lamb of God, did not die for nothing. He died for you. Somebody give God some praise all across this building. Let's lift up our hands one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lamb of God, for taking away the sins of this, this man right here. Thank you for taking away the sins of this world right here. Thank you, Lord, that you washed me. I've already been to the water. I've been baptized. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Thank you, Jesus, for doing it for me. And I thank you, Lord, you're going to do it for somebody else. Jesus' name, I would encourage you this this next few days, bring somebody that you know needs the Holy Ghost. Man, I want to see 100 people get the Holy Ghost. Then go find 100 people ain't got the Holy Ghost, and bring them with you. I'll never forget. I'm I'm done preaching, I already said amen, but I'll I'll talk and have some fun for just a minute. You can beat the Baptist Applebee's. Don't worry. They didn't have church tonight anyways. Praise God. Hey, praise God! So, anyways, I'll never forget one guy. I went and preached a, preacher I would say it's a revival, but it didn't feel like one. I preached, uh, and uh, he said, "Man, I hope 25 people get the Holy Ghost tonight." And I looked out and I said, "Man, I hope your wife don't have the Holy Ghost." <laughs> we can have faith, brothers and sisters, but we got to have a little faithfulness too. I want to see 100 people get the Holy Ghost. I believe it'll happen. In fact. 3000 in one day, 120 in upper room, in one moment got the Holy Ghost. But here's the key. The 120 gathered together in the Holy Ghost, in in the upper room for the Holy Ghost. The 3000 they begin to preach to the 3000 and 3000 gladly received his his word. What are we going to do? We're going to find somebody. Somebody needs a miracle. I believe God will fill them with the Holy Ghost and God will give them their miracle. Yeah. You know somebody that's not been baptized? Well, I, I know, I know that. But they ain't saved. They know they ain't saved. Everybody know they ain't saved. Get them to church. I want, man, you know, there's old towns. used to have the town drunk, town idiot. God, bring them. Praise God. I was the town idiot. Praise God. They brought me to church. Bring them. Bring them. You never know what God's going to do in their life. Bring, bring the worst case scenario you can find. I got faith God will take care of the worst case scenario. Bring the best case scenario you can find. Go bring the mediocre case you can find. Bring them to the house because in this house we got the lamb. Praise God. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Let's go with the lamb of God in Jesus' name. God bless you.